0: NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice begins now.
1: Hello, thanks for tuning in to another episode of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. I'm your host, Bethany Moore, NCIA's Communications Manager. Today, my guest is NCIA's CEO and co-founder, Aaron Smith, who I've had the pleasure of working for since January 2014 when I moved to get to Denver to begin working at NCIA. Aaron is originally from Santa Rosa, California, but spends slightly more than half of his time here in Denver with the rest of the NCIA staff. How's it going, Aaron?
2: Hey, Bethany. Great to be here. And uh, slightly more than half of my time here in Denver during the pandemic is about 100% of my time, but can't wait to get back out there on the road.
1: Absolutely. Um, So speaking of, let's kind of give our listeners a roundup of what's going on at NCIA this summer here. Uh, We'll definitely do that in this episode. But first, for those who don't know you, or your background before you founded NCIA. Let's just take a few seconds to go over some of your history and past activism and work in this movement, which is now an industry.
2: Sure, yeah, I actually started NCIA just about a year ago to the date. Uh, I had finished up um, working for uh, the Marijuana Policy Project on on medical cannabis and and adult use uh, legalization. Uh, out in California, and had just finished working for them uh, for about five years, uh, about uh, August of 2010, and then moved to uh, Phoenix in August, which was uh, not, not a pleasant time to move to Phoenix, but worked there on the campaign for uh, medical marijuana uh, that was happening on the 2010 ballot initiative. Uh, sort of a side hustle, really, to be honest, uh, while building the, the, uh, the NCIA and the groundwork, laying the groundwork for NCIA. Uh, At that time, which was a really kind of new idea to to even call this an industry. And, you know, fast forward, here we are 10 years uh, and uh, we have a cannabis industry thriving in most states in the country.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, I'm excited to be celebrating NCIA's 10-year anniversary throughout the year. Uh, Let's talk more about what's happening currently at NCIA. It's August 2020. It's been a really tough few months for the whole world, uh, but NCIA staff is still working from home on behalf of the whole industry. So tell us more about what's going on.
2: Yeah, like you said, it definitely has been a difficult time for for everybody, and uh, you know, for for NCIA and for the industry, uh, and uh, for me personally, this is uh, no fun. Um, but uh, I'm, you know, I'm hopeful that uh, since the cannabis industry was deemed an essential business throughout in, in most states, uh, the vast majority of states where we operate, uh, throughout the shutdowns, uh, and you know, this is a somewhat um, I think a somewhat recession proof industry, you know, relative to, mm. to other industries. You know, I, I certainly say that I'm, I count my blessings that I don't run the national restaurant association right now uh, or other businesses that are really taking a, a, a hit during this pandemic. Um, but uh, you know, we are really continuing to focus on uh, educating our members through different means, other than events. We're not, you know, we we used to be a really event-heavy organization. We're clearly not now in terms of in-person events, uh, but we still, of course, have our podcasts that we're here today. Uh, we have uh, webinars happening every week. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're gearing up for a virtual conference, uh, a larger virtual conference in October, uh, which will be the replacement for our Cannabis Business Summit, uh, and really just kind of making that pivot to uh, to digital. We're uh, really excited to be uh, announcing our our cyber cannabis caucuses. Uh, we just announced that are a whole new set of them coming out uh, in September, uh, so you can visit our website and click on events and see the whole range of cyber and virtual events that NCIA is putting on for our members. The cannabis caucuses are a great opportunity uh, for uh, local, uh, we're hosting them across various regions and local industry leaders, members only, can uh, log in, hear from uh, speakers from NCIA as well as uh, policymakers, regulators, or, or, or local associations on the ground near them, uh, and connect and chat with each other uh, through a, a Slack channel that we provide. Uh, and then we even have a happy hour, uh, a happy half hour at the end where. Uh, we're encouraging, you know, folks to to listen to live music and just connect and network with each other. Uh, they, these cyber cannabis caucuses are also cannabis consumption friendly because uh, we're uh, able to do them from the, the comfort of your own home. So there's there's some <laughs> <laughs> some uh, silver lining on on uh, on some of this.
1: That's great. Yeah, the the cannabis caucuses that we've hosted across the country uh, over the last couple of years are. Are a great member benefit and a great way to network, usually in person and get that music performance and get the policy updates. So it was really interesting to see a shift over the summer to take this cyber and, and it was such a success that we're coming back in September with a new update, which is especially critical timing considering the election is right around the corner. <laughs>
2: Yeah, absolutely. And we'll be we'll be hosting uh, these events virtually in places that have uh, ballot initiatives uh, actually dealing with with cannabis regulation. Uh, Arizona, for for example, uh, will be an opportunity here from the campaign there. Um, and I think uh, New Jersey and other other regions that we're doing in September. You know, and it's uh, it's also worth noting just for for listeners out there, um, you know, if you're an employee of a member of NCIA, you're also welcome to take advantage of all the benefits uh, that, that... Uh, we offer. Uh, when we were doing in-person events, we had uh, a limit on the number of, of tickets that we gave out to, uh, to, to staff or, or the leadership team from each member, mm-hmm. uh, but we're not doing that now, and the cyberspace is a little bit, you know, the sky is the limit, and uh, so we can, you know, your whole company can register uh, and attend these events um, through, and you could do all all of them, even if it's not in your region, uh, throughout the, you know, throughout this, uh, this the month of September.
1: Yeah, that's a great benefit. And, you know, as you mentioned, members had a limited number of member tickets to these in-person events, uh, you know, because they're in-person and buildings are only so big and things like that. But now you could have 25 of your team log on and participate and you can log on to the regional events for any state without having to get on a plane or drive anywhere. So There are benefits to this digital world, I suppose. We're trying to find the silver lining wherever we can. Um, I want to shift to talk a little bit about uh, NCIA's 10-year anniversary. I've been talking with members about it for months now, because the joke is we're kind of celebrating all year long that the first Cannabis Trade Association is reaching this 10-year milestone. Hell of a year to have an anniversary in, but I've been collecting stories from NCIA members to reflect on where they were 10 years ago and you know the landscape of the movement back then and if they could have ever predicted, we'd be where we are now, where even a new layer to that is cannabis was deemed essential during a pandemic crisis. That's wild. I could have never predicted that 10 years ago. And the other fun question we've been asking NCIA members is to look into the future, and I know 2020 is a difficult year to look beyond because we're so in the thick of it, but to really imagine what our industry will look like in the year 2030 is super wild, and I uh, With these ballot initiatives coming up that you mentioned, the future's really bright for cannabis in a lot of ways, even though there's still tons of hurdles before us, like safe banking and things like that. And we'll definitely get more into what's happening in Congress and for our industry as we continue through the show here. Um, I wonder, do you have a prediction for 10 years into the future of what our industry will look like?
2: I wow, would a question. Yeah. You know, I mean, looking back 10 years, it's, it. well, geez, looking back uh, to, to January seems <laughs> seems like forever ago, but 10 probably. years, you know, a lot has happened in the cannabis mm-hmm. industry. And I think a lot more is going to happen in the next 10 years. And I, I am, um, you know, fairly confident that within 10 years, cannabis will be legal from coast to coast, uh, probably in every state, but uh, if not in every state, at least at the federal level. Uh, we will see interstate and international commerce. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it will, you know, look probably a lot like the beer industry. You know, I think that um, there's a, there's a good analogy there where, you know, you're going to have really large multinational players that, that, that dominate a, a big part of the market share. Uh, but we're also going to have a thriving uh, craft, uh, craft cannabis mm-hmm. uh, industry as you do with beer. And I, and I see, you um, you know, the United States, especially the, you know, the Western States is really being kind of the epicenter for uh, craft cannabis as, as well, you know, in 10 years, we might be importing a lot of other, you know, cannabis that's probably used for extraction or extracted products, you know, from places like Latin America. Uh, I'm really confident that the United States will continue to be a leader uh, in the production of, of craft cannabis products and that there will be, uh, you know, you know, Virtually unlimited uh, opportunities uh, in the industry, even as it you know consolidates and starts to look like uh, another you know look like another legal industry.
1: Absolutely, uh, and and it's up to our NCIA members and the activists out there to. Uh, push those initiatives in all those states out there, get them passed and help us build this industry together for sure. All right, let's take our first commercial break and then we'll be right back to chat more with NCIA's CEO and co-founder, Aaron Smith. Stay tuned.
0: NCIA's cannabis industry voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors.
3: Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Sugis now at com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet, take-anywhere treat.
1: The cannabis industry is evolving at a radical pace, progressing toward the Green Peak. Each week, join Richard Zwicky, a cannabis visionary and entrepreneur, as he interviews experts from around the globe to discuss updates and evolutions in the world of cannabis. The Green Peak with Richard Zwicky.
2: Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. (laughs) They have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. so it seems like a smart investment. Look for Smart
0: Pots
1: in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at SmartPots.com.
0: Get informed, get inspired, and get connected with more of NCIA's cannabis industry voice only on CannabisRadio.com.
1: All right, we're back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. I'm your host, Bethany Moore, chatting with NCIA's very own CEO and co-founder, Aaron Smith. So let's jump into what's fresh and new at NCIA that we've been rolling out this year. Uh, First of all, our Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Committee is one of our 13 member-driven committees, and NCIA's membership manager, Tahir Johnson, he's based in D.C. He's simultaneously overseeing our equity scholarship program. If listeners haven't had a chance to connect with Tahir, he's awesome. I love that he and I both share a love of jazz music, and he's, he's taken on our equity scholarship program uh, to take us into the future. Let's talk more about that, Aaron.
2: Yeah. Thanks for bringing this up. You know, um, I, I think it's, it's no surprise, uh, to anybody that, uh, we have uh, a diversity problem in the cannabis industry. It's, uh, most of the, the business owners are, you know, they look a lot like me, like white men, uh, yet, uh, those that were, you know, most impacted by uh, the war on, on marijuana, the war on drugs that we're, you know, that we're trying to replace with this legal industry uh, do not look like me. they are, you know, typically uh, predominantly uh, people of color, minorities. And, um, you know, really just in the in the wake of uh, the murder of, of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and, and, you know, just a depressing number of others. Um, other uh, black Americans that have been killed at the hands of the police and the, the uprising that's, that's happening. And I, I hope awakening in this country around uh, these deaths um, have, you know, caused NCIA to look in, inside, you know, look inward a bit, and think of what can we do to, uh, to try to, you know, make the world a better place for uh, black and brown Americans in, in our, you know, you know our little corner of it, which is the cannabis industry. And, Um, And beyond working in federal marijuana prohibition, which is, you know, I think the number one thing we're doing to, to, to help racial justice. uh, We identified that, um, you know, we really needed to diversify our membership and be more inclusive uh, for, um, you know, for equity, having this equity scholarship program to be more inclusive as a, as a membership organization. So the way it works is um, the equity scholarship program is, is really tied to uh, equity programs that, that exist throughout the country, either the state uh, or local level in the cannabis industry, um, and if you are a uh, equity license holder, um, all you have to do is just apply through uh, through the the website, thecannabisindustry.org, um, and you know show us your your uh, you know your license number essentially and some other basic information, um, and then you get a free membership for a year, and it comes with all of the other. Uh, benefits of membership, and, and then some. Um, and it's also open to applicants. So if you don't quite have your license yet, but you've applied through an equity uh, program in your state or your locality, uh, you know, just show proof of the application, and then that works just as well. Uh, the membership lasts for a year, and uh, we're also, you know, in addition to just the all of the member benefits that all of our paying members already have access to, uh, we also have a um, uh, we have some other. Opportunities in the works, uh, including a, a webinar series that'll be, you know, really tailored for the equity licensees in this country. Um, I think we're, we might call it a masterclass series or something like that. Um, that's coming down the pike, as well as an opportunity fund, which will be uh, an opportunity for corporate sponsors to uh, help support this program because you know we are uh, incurring quite a bit of cost by giving away these memberships. But even more important than that, actually having monies to set aside. Uh, for things like travel costs when, um, you know, we have a conference and we want to be able to get um, some of uh, the, you know, our equity scholarship recipients out to a conference or say lobby days, or of course, you know, in the future when we're doing these things again um, to be able to have some travel money set aside uh, as well as other, you know, other funds like that. Um, So definitely uh, if if, uh, you're a listener and you are an applicant in an equity program or, or a licensee, uh, please do visit the website and uh, and I encourage you to apply. It's free membership and uh, it really will help give you a competitive advantage over uh, businesses that aren't members of NCIA uh, because of the, the uh, unparalleled educational programming uh, and networking opportunities that we provide. Um, and if uh, and if, if you're not uh, in if you're not an equity uh, license holder or applicant, uh, please do consider supporting this program. Uh, by becoming a paying member or donor of NCIA uh, and keep an eye out for our uh, Opportunity um, Scholarship, or Opportunity Fund, which, which uh, like I said, is coming down the pike.
1: Great. Really looking forward to hearing more from Tahir and, and the committee about about our progress as we get through the year here. Uh, let's, let's jump into another fresh benefit for all NCIA members, including uh, the scholarship applicants, Uh, NCIA Connect. It's an online forum for NCIA members, which is quite relevant in this uh, digital world we're in, where we all want to connect with each other. We want to ask each other questions. This is really a great benefit that we've rolled out. Uh, If you're an NCIA member, just go ahead and log in, right? What what, what else is the benefits of NCIA Connect?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think you said it all. I think this is uh, something we've been working on actually before the pandemic, but uh, it became um, really, you know, relevant uh, mm-hmm. when we rolled it out last month because, you know, we're in a we're in a situation where uh, an industry that's usually re- really reliant on networking in person, um, and meet you know, meeting you know, new clients, new you know, colleagues, uh, through uh, you know, just through networking. That's what every you know successful business person does. Uh, it's become very difficult, obviously, right now in the mm-hmm. age of of uh, social physical distancing. Uh, so NCI Connect is, uh, like you said, just an opportunity for NCI members to log in uh, into a, a web portal. Uh, they can connect with each other. You can find members and and just send uh, send messages directly through them, uh, or to them through this this platform, uh, if they're willing to be contacted. And you know that's something people have always asked us. You know, I want to be introduced to your members, and well. And when you have a you know nearly 2,000 members, it's kind of hard to do that without some kind of a platform that that connects people you know through a system. And so that's what this is. But it also mm-hmm. probably more interesting than that. It's also uh, a discussion forum. So if you have you know you see something different or interesting that you you know you want you want to kind of put it out there in the world and see if other uh, serious cannabis professionals have seen uh, say it's, say you run a uh, I don't know an analytical test lab, and you see a particular cannabinoid profile and a strain that you haven't seen before, and you were wondering, wondering if other labs across the country have seen that. This is an opportunity to go in. Um, you could, you know, theoretically have a forum just for the lab members uh, mm-hmm. where you could have that kind of a conversation, and it's different than, uh, you know, social. You know, you might. One might ask, well, I could just go on Facebook and ask that or like social media or Reddit, I think would probably be the, the analogy, <laughs> uh, but it's, it's not really the, the same because this is uh, really an exclusive, there's a lot less noise. This is a really mm-hmm. exclusive forum. Uh, you have to be a member, which means that you're a serious, responsible uh, business professional uh, to be on this, on this forum.
1: Got it. Got it. Uh, So we've got a couple minutes before our next commercial break. Uh, I want to come back to COVID-19 and the strange year. And, of course, events are postponed. But cannabis is essential in most states where it's legal, all but Massachusetts, as far as I know. Uh, And I've been really warmed in my heart by the cannabis industry stepping up to do things to help the crisis, like donating personal protective equipment, or many of our members have actually manufactured and produced hand sanitizer. They stopped what they were doing and took the alcohol (laughs) that they were using to extract and decided to create hand sanitizer and make donations to the communities. This has been really great to see uh, our, our community stepping up, and I think it speaks to uh, what we like to say, you know, the lessons or the value or the spirit of the cannabis plant, which is healing and helping our community. And I did publish an article with a collection of those stories from NCIA members and how they're stepping up. It's on NCIA's website from a little over a month ago, in case anyone's curious and wants to uh, to read about that. And if your NCIA member company has done something in some way to step up, whether donations or producing hand sanitizer, please reach out to me. I'd love to hear about it and update that list with all the amazing things the cannabis industry is doing. Uh, anything coming to mind for you about how the industry has stepped up during this time, Erin?
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I really appreciated reading that article that you put together and, and seeing um, that, you know, the, our industry is really demonstrating what, you know, what it means to be, uh, you know, good corporate citizen. And I think mm-hmm. it's also worth noting that the, the, you know, the employees in this industry uh, that are really on the front lines, um, you know, we're talking about bud tenders and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, people that are, you know, having to go into manufacturing facilities are, you know, it, it, it's, you know, really like it's not, they're risking their lives in some cases by uh, being out there on the front lines, operating in an essential industry and uh, Mm -hmm. hope um, that, that as we get past this, uh, this epidemic or this pandemic, the, uh, you know, the policymakers will see that, you know, that we are an essential industry and we not only operated and created and kept, you know, kept the, are part of the economy going during that time, but also you know went above and beyond and, and did did you know these sorts of efforts that you're talking about? I think I even saw a, a UV or a, a lighting company here in Colorado pretty quickly produced a lot of uh, UVC uh, sanitizing lights that you know they were able to do that within you know a matter of weeks and um, yeah, it's definitely heartwarming to see that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's take our last commercial break and then we'll come back and wrap up our chat with Aaron Smith of NCIA. Stay tuned.
0: NCIA's cannabis industry voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors.
1: Hey, it's Nick Hexum from 311 and you're listening to Cannabis Confidential with Dr. Dina on CannabisRadio.com.
2: the business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana llama out.
3: Got to tend to me on crap channel. You know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Dazed and Infused.
0: Get informed, get inspired, and get connected with more of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice only on CannabisRadio.com.
1: All right, we're back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice and wrapping up our conversation today with NCIA's CEO and co-founder, Aaron Smith. I, I've already mentioned that NCIA's 10-year anniversary is coming up later this year, and, and I think I kind of expressed what that all means to us—the impact, the meaning of that—but I, I wonder if you have any other thoughts to add about that.
2: Yeah, you know, it's just um, it's it's been a great it's been a great ride, and I look to another ten more. You know, when we started NCIA, there were a lot of people in you know, well, for one, the the vast majority of Americans did not support legalizing marijuana as for adults. Uh, there was you know, there was support for medical. Um, there was no state that had any kind of legalization measure on the books. There were only a handful of states that had, you know, medical dispensaries operating. And, and even people in the industry thought, or, or, or the movement, uh, it wasn't really an industry, the movement thought at that time that we, you know, shouldn't, shouldn't, we were a little bit, you know, putting the cart before the horse, maybe starting an industry <laughs> association this early. And, uh, you know, it's great to um, have been able to, you know, lead the industry's efforts on Capitol Hill all of this time and to see the kind of progress we've made. I think when we started NCIA, there was, I think there was, there was one legalization bill, uh, that had just, you know, you could probably count the co-sponsors on, on one, maybe two hands. <laughs> um, you know, as people like, you know, Barney Frank and Ron Paul and members of Congress that aren't there anymore that were, you know, really carrying the flag then. But, mm. um, you know, now there, there are, even, I don't know exactly how many marijuana, the bills, there are. And I'm like <laughs> one of you know, the experts on this. There are there are dozens and uh, multiple yeah. versions of legalization measures, and there are uh, you know we have hundreds of co-sponsors. We we saw uh, just last week uh, the House of Representatives for the second time uh, passed a, uh, an amendment which would prohibit the federal government from undermining undermining state uh, marijuana adult use marijuana laws. Uh, we've had. A law in the books for a few since 2014, protecting medical marijuana uh, in the budget. Right. And, you know, things that we yeah, almost take for granted now. Um, it took a lot of work to get to where we're at.
1: Absolutely. And and this year, there's still a lot of work to be done. We're, we're looking at an election where we're looking at two candidates, honestly, that they're, they'll be okay. Right. But honestly, we're electing people that are out of touch with cannabis, most likely. Um, so, but even between now and then there's a lot going on, uh, around the beltway around cannabis that I'd like to chat about really quick before we wrap up.
2: Yeah. Um, so, you know, we've, uh, obviously we're not, uh, doing the same kind of lobbying we were doing before, you know, we're not, we're not taking in-person meetings, uh, right. with <laughs> no, nobody is taking in-person meetings in DC, right. um, due to the pandemic, but we are on the phone and zoom calls. Uh, and email every day, advocating for the industry's interests in these COVID relief packages that have been coming through uh, Congress. Um, our priorities have really, really narrowed to really focus on safe banking, uh, and to some extent, allowing the industry access to uh, small business administration uh, funding. Mm-hmm. Um, really happy to have seen that safe banking was included. In the uh, the Heroes Act, which is the House version of the last uh, pandemic relief bill, um, and I, you know, I really got to underscore how just amazing that is because you have so many issues that they're grappling with in the time of, you know, really the biggest crisis this country has faced in over a century, uh, yeah. and cannabis made the list uh, at least yeah. on the House side. Um, did not it is not included in the Republicans' version on the Senate side, which is still being. Negotiated uh, as we as we record this, um, but we are continuing to work to uh, to hopefully get uh, safe banking as part of a larger COVID relief package uh, when this comes out. You know, the final package. Um, don't know when that will be just yet. There's a lot of moving parts. As so anybody uh, paying attention to the news would would see, it and, and and maybe by the time this is actually released, uh, the answer will be there. So we don't want to get too too topical, I guess. Um, but again, really just underscoring, like I, I, I think Bethany said it earlier, um, you know, never would have imagined that, that our industry would be deemed essential uh, at a time like this. And not only has we been deemed essential, but uh, congressional leadership on the, on the Democratic side uh, included uh, provisions to help the cannabis industry specifically in, in this, uh, you know, crisis management uh, legislation that they passed. Mm-hmm. It's pretty, mm-hmm. it's, 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 uh, pretty groundbreaking.
1: Yeah, yeah, it looks like Nancy Pelosi and Mitch McConnell are not exactly on the same page on this issue, but it is overall encouraging uh, to see our industry included in this important legislation as well. So as we're heading toward the election, uh, we'll see what happens this November, of course, but I think all of our eyes are already looking beyond this and and we're all kind of ready to see what 2020 will be like. Uh, And as far as our event schedule, Lobby Days is one of my favorite events that NCIA hosts. Uh, It was originally scheduled for earlier this year. We've postponed our 10th annual Cannabis Industry Lobby Days for next May 2021. So let's all cross our fingers, stay inside, wear our masks, social distance, and let's get back to the business of cannabis events and conferences and lobbying on Capitol Hill. And our seventh annual Cannabis Business Summit and Expo, our biggest conference, has been rescheduled for next August. It will still take place in San Francisco at the Moscone Convention Center. So let's look forward to next year. And in the meantime, keep our heads down and keep working uh, toward reforming cannabis. Uh, any last thoughts to share before we wrap the episode, Aaron?
2: Yeah, thanks for, for that, Bethany. I mean, I, I think just to follow up on what you said, uh, for this work to continue, we need uh, all hands on deck in the industry. Who mm-hmm. Anybody in the industry who thinks that marijuana should be legal and is not a, yet a member of NTIA, uh, I'm imploring upon you to please become a member today. Uh, it is, uh, it's a thousand dollars a year it's a, for the basic membership. It goes up from there, but that's a very reasonable, uh, investment. Uh, if you're not yet a member, but you still share our vision of, uh, regulating cannabis coast to coast, uh, please consider making a donation. Uh, I won't lie that, uh, having to move all of our events, uh, into almost a full year away, mm-hmm. uh, has a, 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 significant impact on our, uh, our, uh, ability to, uh, to really represent the industry uh, financial impact on us, but we've kept our government relations team intact. Our full-time team of three in DC and our our office in DC is open. Um, And I want to keep it that way as we, as we move into this uh, 10th year of of operation. Uh, So, um, events will come back, but in the meantime, we need, uh, we need your financial support so that we can keep, uh, doing this important work in Washington, DC, because while events stopped, Congress didn't, Congress is still working every day. There's votes and there's, uh, negotiations happening and mm-hmm. NCIA is there to make sure that, uh, our members and in the industry have a seat at the table, uh, in those discussions.
1: So you can visit
2: our website, thecannabisindustry.org, uh, and either click join or donate and, uh, become a member today.
1: Absolutely. Thank you for that, Aaron, and thanks for the update on on what's going on at NCIA. We'll catch up with you in a few months and see what's going on. And thanks everyone for tuning in to another episode of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. Until next time.